Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, between the years of 1517 and 1546, the world had completely changed. In those short 29 years, a monk, a monk changed the world. This guy was studying to be a law student, but he ended up uncovering something eternal in a temporal world. In the pages of Holy Scripture, the Holy Spirit showed Martin Luther the eternal gospel that continues to be proclaimed to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language. It is the gospel that declares, first, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. There is nothing that I can do to change my standing before a holy, righteous God. Not one thing. I deserve temporal and eternal punishment we all do. But God justifies me, all of us, by His grace as a gift. He justifies me, all of us, through the blood of His Son. We receive this gift that is too great to comprehend. We can't even wrap our minds around this gift. And we receive it through the reading hearing, washing, eating, and drinking of Christ as he comes to us in his word. We receive all of God's goodness to us by faith. We receive it all. We do not earn a thing. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. And we wouldn't even know that we should ask for it if he hadn't first offered it, offered it to us through the proclamation of the gospel. Now this gospel had all but disappeared from the church's pulpits in the early 1500s. At that time, the church's center had, been, had become the word of the Pope, which at times seemed to cover up the word of the Lord. The common Christian at that time did not understand God's grace and favor. He didn't understand that the world loved, that he loved the world through his son. The Bible verse that we all have memorized had, had not even been known at, at this point. The Bible verse that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world should be saved through him. In fact, in fact, when, when Martin Luther heard these words, 
he had, when he, he heard these words, he did not, before he heard these words, when he looked at Jesus, all he saw was condemnation. He did not see God's love when he looked at Jesus. Martin Luther had once said that he would have rather met Satan face to face than to come into a meeting with Jesus. Because with Jesus, he only saw his judge. He did not know the redemption that comes through Jesus' blood. He wanted redemption. That's what Martin Luther wanted more than anything. But he thought that his redemption was going to come through his own efforts, not through the efforts of God's only Son. But as we know, we're gathered here today, Luther discovered the gospel. And as a result, he had to declare it. He had to tell people about what he had found. He called on the church. He wanted a debate. He called on the church to read the, descript, read the scriptures that declare that God saves by grace through faith and not, not by the works of the law. And he called on pastors to return to the preaching of God's word in its law, but also in its gospel. The problem was that if the church would agree with Martin Luther, then they would not be able to make the vast sums of money that they were making through the selling of forgiveness of sins. The church was actually selling pieces of paper called indulgences, claiming that they freed people from a hellish place called purgatory. Purgatory is believed to be a place where people who are not going to hell after they die, but who will eventually go to heaven, it's a place that they go to be made righteous through a suffering for their former misdeeds. And Luther saw that the scriptures did not speak of such a place. Nor did the scriptures mention how these pieces of paper were going to guarantee anybody that they would be set free from this make-believe place. The only thing that can guarantee our ultimate freedom and guarantee us heaven is no thing at all. It is no work that we can do. It is nothing that any organization or any institution can provide us. It is the work of God. Jesus alone can give freedom and he gives it through his perfect, holy, innocent, bitter suffering and death. And he does it by his glorious resurrection. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, is the only one who can give the freedom that all man needs, that everyone looks for. We tend to look for freedom in created things that will perish in this dying world. But Jesus gives grace, 
Jesus gives freedom that will not pass away. And he gives this freely, without any merit, without any worthiness in any of us. That is the good news. Yes, God used Martin Luther, and he used the Lutheran reformers. He used them to change the world. God used Luther to translate his word into the language of the common people. This was a feat on its own, translating the word of God into German. And because of this translation, other translators were brave enough to take on this endeavor as well. And everyone in this room can read God's word in their own language. And now, God's word is translated not only in English, it is being translated into all the languages of the world. People are once again hearing, reading about God's mighty work that he did in the person of Jesus. God used the Lutheran laity and he used clergy alike to educate people in God's word, both in the parish, that's in this type of setting, and in their own homes. People studied the summary of God's word by reading the small catechism. We take this small catechism for granted. We hardly even look at it. But the people gathered around this catechism, especially the second article, that he's redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, without any merit or worthiness in me by his holy sufferings and death, this is an amazing thing. The people could not get enough. And the people, after reading God's word in their homes, they eagerly gathered each week to receive the gift of Jesus in the reading of scripture, through the absolute, absolution spoken to God's people, through baptism of children and converts, and through the Lord's Supper, where Jesus comes in his very flesh and blood. As I said before, the world was turned upside down during the last 29 years of Martin Luther's life. Martin Luther himself was astonished by all that took place during that time. Even though Luther was perhaps the most, most prolific writer that has ever existed in this world. And, I mean, what I mean by that is just amount of stuff written. He said he was surprised by all that took place. He writes, take me for example. I opposed indulgences and all papists but never by force. I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And then while I slept or while I drank Wittenberg beer with my Philip of Amsdorf, one of his friends, the word 
so greatly weakened the papacy that never a prince or emperor had done such damage to it. I did nothing. The word did it all. I often refer to John chapter 15 where Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Luther abided in God's word. That's why I picked the picture I did today. You have a young Luther at the very beginning. And look what's behind him. He's got the books of the wisest people in the world. And uh, what is he into? He can't get enough of the word of God. But he abided in God's word. And through Luther, Jesus changed the world. He set people free with the gospel. Consciences that were tormented by guilt and sin were pointed to Jesus who paid the debt that their sins deserved. Every single person in this room gets to hear that God loves you dearly. He loves you. This is the message that Luther couldn't get enough of and it bore fruit in his life for his neighbor. And we get to hear about Jesus through all of the men and women who have abided in Jesus before us. I want you to think about it. It was somebody in your life that brought God's word to you. Just like God used Luther to bring God's word to Germany. And if you abide in Jesus' love by receiving him in word and sacrament, then you will bear fruit for your neighbor as well. That's the verse that I often go to when we refer to abiding in God's word because it's so amazing that God uses us to bear fruit for our neighbor. That blows my mind. But in our gospel lesson today, Jesus shares another aspect of abiding in his word. He says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. On February 17th, 1546, at 8 p.m., Martin Luther suffered a heart attack. He was given some medication and he slept until about 10 p.m. At that time, he awoke and he prayed Psalm 31.5, saying, Into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. He fell asleep. He woke again at 1 a.m., having sharp pain. He prayed Psalm 31.5 again three times in a row, and he fell silent. 
At one point, one of his pastors asked him, urged him, if he was still willing to confess the faith that he had taught in Christ's name. Luther answered with a clear yes and said no more. At about 2.45 a.m. on February 18th, Martin Luther passed away. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Martin Luther is free indeed. He was set free through the word of God. He abided in this word and bore fruit for all of us. He abided in Jesus' word. He was Jesus' disciple. And Jesus set him free. I pray that this same pattern would happen to each of us in our lives. I have no idea how God will use each of you. But if you abide in his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will know freedom and peace that comes from sins forgiven. And as you remain in God's word, you will bear fruit. You will bear the fruit of love for the sake of your neighbor, no matter what your vocation is. And then, on the day of your last breath, which none of you have any idea when it will come, on the day of your last breath, or at the sound of the trumpet from heaven, with, when Jesus returns, you will be free indeed. Until that day, I pray that the Holy Spirit would keep each and every person here today in his word, and that through you, he would cause his word to spread to others, first on this campus, in your families, in this country, and around the world, just as he did with Luther and the Reformers that we remember on this Reformation Day. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.